What does it take to become an elite 40K player? How do the top competitors overcome bad dice? The Competitive 40K Network presents Art of War Unbroken. Insight into the game plans of the top players on the planet with your hosts, Blake Law and the Art of War Coaches. Welcome back to the Art of War Unbroken. Now, this is part two of the episodes. If you haven't listened to part one yet, go and check it out. We are joined once again by Mr. Nick Nanavati, Mr. Brown Magic. He told us his story, his journey in part one. He's going to join us now, give his expertise in the area of prepping for LVO, talking about LVO lists, talking about everything on the journey to LVO later this month. I'm joined once again by my co-host, Mr. Brad Chester, the ghost of Christmas past. Brad, what you got for me? Dude, I get so much stuff. I'm so ready right now. This is the Bradning. This is where I shine. This is where a caterpillar becomes a butterfly and comes out with 40K questions. And I'm going to start with the heat, by the way, because I'm going to start with a little bit of things that are controversial for 40K in LVO right now, which is adding two new codices two weeks before the event. No FAQ is going to be out there yet. What are the thoughts? What are your thoughts right now, Nick, on allowing those in? With such a short time before the event? Uh, you really, no preface here at all. You basically just jumped right into codices. We're just going straight into it. The Brad hit. I get it. The Brad name. Hit. 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 I, I I gave you a little bit of what's going to happen, Nick, and you did I, not fully appreciate how I hard really that was going to come with my journey. No, this is zero to 100 right here. Okay, I get it. I get it. I can hang. So they're allowing these new codices coming, right? And they're, they're very deliberate with the dates. Like, rules after the 15th aren't allowed. Rules prior to or on the 15th are allowed. And uh, allegedly, the GSC and Custodes Codex are coming out on the 15th, according to people who can do math. So, um, <laughs> I mean, it's not just that they can do math. They literally announce exactly when the release <laughs> and the release are. You're like, Basically I have no idea. Comprehension right. always gets me, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, I think it's cool because I like that they're allowing new rules. If you're the Gene Stico player or the Custodes player and you're like stuck with the old book, that's going to feel bad. Yeah. From a competitive standpoint, though, you know, there, there could be some broken stuff. There could be some FAQs that we may want to see that we may not get to the chance to see, which really could suck. So I think there needs to be a little bit of, of fluidness from LVO's part in, a, in basically being able to take the codex when it comes out. Figure out if anything's like a big, big, big problem. Immediately. And they've been pretty good about it. I'm not going to say like that's common these days, but it could happen where there's a big problem immediately out of the gate. And they need to do something about it. And if they don't, then we might have a, a situation on our hands, especially a codex like Gene Stealer Cult might have some really strange interactions in it. I don't know. I haven't read it. I'm not no play tester like that, but I'm just saying they got some weird mechanics currently. It's totally right. foreseeable they continue to have some weird mechanics, and maybe it doesn't work right. Or maybe we haven't seen it in an event enough to know, like, how is this? There's a lot of controversy on rules, right? Like, for instance, the sisters rule with the cherubs and things like that. Like, there might be an interaction we just don't have a ruling on yet. Right, and then they're going to have to just make one, and someone's going to be upset with that rule one way or the other. So that is the risk you're running with it, but I think that's a risk worth paying to make people generally more happy about allowing the codices in. I'm I'm in favor of allowing rules instead of preventing rules, just generally. I like people playing with their toys. It's a yeah. game. I like it. I actually my my personal wish for LVO did not come. My my Christmas wish didn't come true because what I wanted to do was I wanted to play with two new missions and the point changes. 
we were going to go with a little bit. I want an everything because I really do think that the missions and point changes would have changed the the entire face of the meta right now. Would well, be I, I think changed. the meta is a bit solved and stale. I mean, not for everyone, I'm sure, but like you know, you, I, I live in the art of warehouse, so like my ideas are definitely tainted by those I'm surrounded with. But <laughs> I, I would love some new, fresh innovation causing some inspiration over here. Right now, it's like. Uh, what kills thick cities? Like, I don't care. I don't care, John. <laughs> <laughs> let, let, let's go into the the house now, because you've gotten ready ready for obviously a zillion tournaments, okay? And we've talked, you know, you throw ideas around, but now you're getting ready in a house that literally has four of the top six players in, in ranked in the ITC in one house that come over. Well, even we'll, we'll call Jack there because he, he basically <laughs> lives there. We we have three guys that live there, and then we have Jack who just shows up. <laughs> Wait, you count yourself like, living there right now? I live like, here. No, no I'm talking about uh, Chester. Chester put himself in that number. He said four of the top. No, I'm. Yeah, no, they have. Or sorry, Cup and Manny and Manny and. Uh, well, I, I can't see because of the fact that it's 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 false that he's not in the top five because he just hasn't had enough tournaments. If, if Seeks shows up and goes like three and three. At LVO, he'll still be in the top ten. <laughs> he just doesn't have a six score. I just wanted. So, uh, I was. I was hoping that was your way to tell Nick, like, surprise! I'm moving to Tallahassee. I'm in the backyard right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's what that was. But no, the thing is, is what is the difference right now in your tournament prep before, where it was, you know, solo with trying to talk to people, but having games played all the time. Oh, Obviously, so we play different. Art of War, War Room games. And it, to be honest, a lot of times what happens is you'll see War Room games that are thoughts that, you know, play test thoughts that come in and then they go, maybe we should put this on the board for other people to see, other War Room members to see. And there's so many more games played than ever before. How is the difference of getting ready for a tournament, you know, a few years ago compared to now at the Art of War house? It's super different. So, Back in in prior years, when I played Warhammer, like most people who play Warhammer competitively, just kind of like by myself, I'll have my one or two playtest partners I get games with regularly. I'll go to tournaments for my for the most of my practice, really. Um, as like I'll go to a sixty person tournament to practice for LVO. That's really where it would come in from. I'm sure like Chester, even a lot of people are in that boat. But um, with that, you're always trying to read all the codices and you're trying to write lists for all of them. You're trying to learn what everything does and and talk with your buddies to figure out what their ideas are and try to figure out what everything does so, you're, so you have the right information and you know what everything does and then you're prepared for LVO. Now it's so different because we have this volume of games. We we want to figure out this matchup. Which put, Siegs and I played like four or five Worm games over like a little holiday break and just streamed it to the Worm members because like if we're going to play the game. We might as well toss the camera on. We learned a lot. That's where Thick City kind of came in from for Austin and stuff like that. It, it really lets us, it removes some of the uncertainty, which also kills some of the fun, in my opinion, because it's like, man, I don't know how this match is going to go. Well, well, I let me just put it on the board against one of the best players in the well, world. I was just about to say, you also, you, you also have the difference between, I used to have to travel. I used to think, we used to have, like, for instance, Team USA practices, where one of the times going to be the only time I was going to play somebody that was one of the best people with this particular faction. And yeah. now at a warehouse, you just have the luxury of having multiple people that are also better at 
all different all of them specialize in a different faction too that's the oh, but that's that's kind of by design at this point but yeah we try to stay in our lanes with it it's like wow i really don't know how my tyranid match is going to be i know i can play tyranid this might be something i really thought of a couple years ago it's like i know how tyranids work i play tyranids i i'm sure that if i play against a good tyranid player at lvl i'll have to figure it out but it, it might be hard now it's like all right i want to play against john lennon's tyranids it's not going to really get any harder and if I can handle that, then my tier match is fine. So I can just do that. It's a, it's a really cool luxury. I think this translates actually to other people's prep. You know, like the people listening, we've talked in the past. If you listen to episode 20, when we talked to Siegler and Brad, me and Brad talked to Siegler, I believe, like, what do you do to prep for 40K? You know, I think that we one of the things we talked about was, you know, sticking with a faction, learning a faction well. And the other thing is, you know, play testing. So those two things, you know, find a group have a group of people who play different things. And I think that's a great way to prep for any big event. I think that reps so important, man. You just putting your models on the board, whether it's TTS, the basement, the game store that you play in it, just getting the reps in, especially knowing your army so well. I mean, that's why I think actually Nick was so good with demons for so long is he, you knew everything about them inside and out because you played so many games with them that you can figure out ways when, normally you might other people might give up because you just you've played so much that you know all the dumb strats and the possibilities the situations. that you, yeah, yeah the weird situations that i will just i, I can play out of this but you can also start to look for different lines of play it's not just like you find yourself in corner case scenarios and you're like oh i've been here before like no that's that's very rarely what it is what, what it more is is that you've experienced so many different lines of play that you can start to find like a really complicated one and develop that and and Maybe your opponent doesn't know this weird line of play you're taking, but you actually do. So you're playing kind of scripted 40K that's been rehearsed a little bit, whereas your opponent's playing by the seat of his pants, likely to make mistakes where you're not, and you can try to find mistakes to capitalize on when that way. It's not just you're trying to recreate some weird scenario from like six months ago. But yeah, like you said, that comes from reps. Absolutely. And and I think that's a big thing, even no matter what. And, And the thing is, is even if you're playing against, say, for instance, a newer player, somebody that doesn't have as much experience as me, play both sides, reset. I think it's a big deal to... Uh, also not play ridiculous type of things. If if you roll all sixes for your save, don't do that because then you get a false positive and feel that, oh, this is going to be a great matchup for me. You're like, oh, no, I didn't roll 22 sixes in a row. This well, is you make fun of me for this all the time, or at least you used to. I lose all of my practice games, like literally oh all of them. And then, then like, obviously, I don't lose all of my tournament games. We're here <laughs> over here. But... I don't try to win my practice games. I try to play on hard mode, put the weighted training clothes on. Oh, I rolled bad here. I'm going to take an extra risk. So I don't need to here. It's because I'm trying to learn and stress the army. I'm also trying to make moves I, that aren't the safest because I want to learn how things pan out. It's all about learning in the practice games. I think there is a way to play a tournament game where it's like, don't take the risks. Don't do flashy stuff. Just take the win. And there's a way to play practice games. And that's to learn about stuff. And put yourself in the bad situations, though. I I typically play games going first and going second for one, like figuring out what would happen on both ways, and then talk through it. You know what I mean? Winning in the basement is dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Winning at the tournament's fantastic. That's the thing is, is that don't don't play your games to win. Play your games to learn. If you're when you're testing, it's very. You'd be proud of me, Brad. I uh, I played a test game. The last two test games I played, I did that exact thing. Anytime I rolled hot, I re-rolled. I was like, let me see what happens if we roll average. And my opponent set up to go first, and I and I got the roll off, and I was like, "You go first. I want to see what happens." 
And I think that, um, you know, it would put me at a, it put me against the hill at the gate. And so I, I learned how to play under that pressure as opposed to just like, Oh, you, you're screwed now because I, um, I got it's a big thing, though, man. And just knowing yeah. what could happen and how you play when things go wrong is a big deal because then you're you're not shocked at them in a tournament. Right. T- tournament prep wise, Nick. Now, as far as going going forward, now, do you feel that you're you're more prepared for everything, or are you more shell shocked into things that you think you wouldn't be because you're only playing against top guys? I think I have never been more prepared for a tournament in my life. Now, like not to say I'm the sharpest I've ever been. I'm not actually playing as much 40K as usual. Like when I'm prepping for ETC and stuff, I'm playing like a game a day kind of thing. But um, right now, all the games I play are against a really big variety of opponents because we play the stream games. So I've, uh, you know, one game's against Demons, next game's against Tau, then I'm playing against White Scars. And that's, that's really cool because even like a, a silly YouTube game that we just play for funsies is still going to be against Richard Ziegler. And then on top of that, because I'm playing such a variety and they're always hog quality, I I just kind of see the game very clearly. It's really cool. I don't, I don't think of it in terms of tunnel vision. I'm sure to some degree we do. We all see things from our own perspectives. But I, I really have like a larger picture view of the game, which really helps me I like just see it clearly, honestly, for lack of better words. I think I'm really well prepared to just play against anything right now and make a game of it. With the, the amount of games you played versus different armies and factions, where do you see the meta at right now? Like, if you were just going to make predictions, you got to put all your money down in Caesars. Give me a top eight, not players, top eight, the, the oh, armies. I think, I, could, I think I'd be really good at this. We should do this in Vegas. The armies that are going to be <laughs> in the top eight. Give me the top eight armies. So there's going to be a few thick cities. I don't think it's going to run rampant. I'm going to say there's going to be three. Ooh, three um, out of eight. That's strong. That's strong. It's strong. It's, it's not going to be like five. And it's not going to be, I think it's going to be three. It might be two even, but I think it's going to be three. Um, there'll probably be a Grey Knight. I think Grey Knights are strong. They're not going to win this whole thing, but they're they a strong army. Um, I think there's probably room for one Admech. I'd say one Admech. What's the I list? Well, that's the thing, right? Like if Richard Seeler decides to play Admech, it's his. And if it's, not, if it's not Richard Seeler's Admech, I'm not saying no one else can do it. But I don't know who that person's going to be. It's that person's list. Um, I think there's always one weird army at LVO, and that's always really hard to call. I don't know what it's going to be. Chaos. I'm kind of feeling chaos. Yeah. Yeah, it's, five right, it's five right now. So you're thinking that like a thousand suns is going to sneak in here? I, it might be. There's always some weird thing that sneaks in there. If you get some weird army, you've still, you've still got two more armies. What do you I got? I think there's going to be at least one marine army in there. At least, and like if I had to guess, I would say it's going to be White Scars or Black Templars. Um, I think it's probably I don't know. It's hard to say. Jack's Black Templars are disgusting. They really are. Um, I don't think Sisters are going to make that top cut. I don't think like Death Guard or things like that are going to make it. Tiernan's going to uh, make the top cut. Yeah, John's Tiernan's are going to go pretty far. I, I I think so. I forgot about Nids. Oh, yeah, I, I don't think Nids are going to go rampant. You might even see two Nids in there. You might. But here's the thing is, is well, they have an option of both. Well, here's the other thing, though. I, I actually think that you might see some different armies in there because you have to remember that rounds five and six are battle lines and scouring back to back. So if you can get in, like, for instance, a knight army, other armies like that, armies that are really, really tough on crappy missions like battle lines and scouring uh, are really going to be hard because you're going to play your two hardest games before obviously going into the final eight to get into the final eight 
and are going to be battle and scouring, which are very polarizing missions to different armies. There's also just so much matchups to it. Like, you know, someone like Sean Naden has never not made top eight, like 10 LVOs. He's made top eight every single time. But, you know, if he hits, like, say, Richard Siegler in round five on the way up and then has that loss, there is no top eight for his future. So it's, it's hard. It's, to it's all undefeated in it's the all top eight this year. year. So it's like, it is. It is a crapshoot of luck as much as it is skill. Not to say that Lovio is a luck thing, but like it, it is really, really hard to win this tournament. Will there be some undefeateds that don't make the top cut? Oh, there will be a shadow, shadow round. round. There's just shadow round. There 100 has to be a shadow round because of the number of players. How many? How many is there supposed to be? There will be like eight that don't make it. That are it depend, it, They're being very it's, nebulous about yeah, it. Yeah, they can't they determine don't, it until they don't determine it. Yeah, exactly. The cut becomes really weird depending on how many people are actually there. Cool. I, I don't I don't know if orcs are gonna make it. I mean I like orc marks orcs a lot. I think orcs in general are a good army, but orcs might have consistency issues for a ten round marathon that is LVO. Especially when you get into those. I, I think that you're gonna see some crazy armies. Uh it's gonna be very tough when you get battle lines and scouring. Uh if I mean if, if, if you get go, an undefeated knight player, for instance, could come out of nowhere. Uh, and play those two missions. That, I believe they will. I mean, it's it's a betting game, right? Like it's hard to make these calls. Like, I, would I put money on knights making top eight at LVO? No, I don't think they're consistent enough. I, would I personally bring knights to LVO? Not if I was trying to win. But could it happen? Like, there is a world. There is a universe. For sure, I make a top sure. eight with uh, with my knight list. Like you're winning LVO. You you have it, my heart. Yes. If, uh, I, I actually want to I want to call this. I actually think that if a knight player goes four and zero, he's going to go six and zero. I don't he know could, about that call. I, I, don't I, know could, I, I just think that those two last missions are so good for the Dude, knights. You could just table knights and scouring, then the mission doesn't matter. Like, um, true. Knights are they, still knights. You could tell. You could tell me. Uh, they could tell me what he's told me for twenty years now, which is just roll better, man. <laughs> I it's never failed me. It really <laughs> hasn't. <laughs> so going into that, we, we picked what, kind of what you thought was going to be in the top eight. What do you think's going to? What do you think has more of a chance in? mixing up the meta gsc or custodes i think gsc for sure I, this is i was actually talking to, to the squad about this because we're deciding like are we going to just yolo switch to gsc or custodies probably not but we got to keep our options open that's one of the, the problems with having all your army at your fingertips is too much overload but anyways <laughs> too many options. like too many options yeah like when this army, these armies comes out the fifteenth, let's do like the seventeenth. We're gonna crack these codexes in two days. This is crazy, but that's the plan. And this is how, and this is why Brad's flying down Friday night on the fourteenth. <laughs> exactly. So, um, I personally, I was just talking about this. I don't think custodies have what it takes just as a as a list concept. Now we don't know their rules. We don't know anything about them. I, I was standing by that. They might be super awesome and broken. Who knows? They're not bad right now, but they are made of really elite stuff. And they don't have that many tricks just innately built in. They're kind of just really elite and durable, and hopefully that's going to carry the way. And if their stats are broken enough, who knows? But that's really what their their win con is. Like, I'm going to be a broken army. It's because my stats are broken, or I'm, my saves are too good, or I cost too little. Whereas, like, GSC is a really dynamic army that has weird mechanics and a cult ambush and all kinds of stuff. So it's totally possible that it's not just aberrants cost too little, or this weapon has damage five and when it should say damage two for some reason. It's It could just be this mechanic is a little stupid and yeah. it's not FAQ'd yet, which goes back to what we were talking about in the beginning of the video. Podcast. 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 <laughs> and video. We're videoing. One of those things. We, we have all of them. We all have of both them. We're everything now. Everything cast. 
Now, the one question I have to ask you before I move on is because it's hurting my soul because you've got Jagged Khan as your background. I don't know how, how that happened, by the way. That's how the many negative points do you get for not having Khan on a bike? Is so, that is that two yellow cards right away? Uh, well, tell me what the penalty is for that because it the seems important thing to know. Chester is that in Yolo White Scars, the original Khan wasn't in the list because he was too slow to keep up. <laughs> And that's because he couldn't go in impulsors because, again, reading comprehension. I was just about to say he's primaries. He could go with those all day long. <laughs> <laughs> reading comprehension, Chester. Yeah. <laughs> this is everybody. This, this is a tale of woe that's famous now. But Nick called up everyone and said, instead of playing the army that I like at a ninety-eight percent win rate with, and I've played for a year, what do you guys think about me? Going white scars. How many games have you played with it? Zero. But I got a feeling in my heart <laughs> that I'm going to take this. And every single one of his friends went. Not in his. Not in his. Sorry, except for it is. Everyone basically went. Absolutely not. You should not do this. And Nick went. All right. I respect your guys' opinion. And then at the last minute, submitted Yolo White Scars. <laughs> What year was that? That was 2020. That was the crash and burn. That was the epic. That was that was the epic. It was so like what? <laughs> Did LVO 2020 happen? Yeah, no, 2019. Well, not the 2020 season didn't really happen, but 2020. The, the, sorry, 2019 yeah. season, 2020 LVO. Ah, uh, okay. So 20, 20. Yeah, I don't know. COVID has basically put oh, us that's right. That's right. Time rape, time warp of what that what happened. No, nobody knows. It could have been 2019. It could have been 2018. It could have been mystery. No one. You knows. know what's interesting though? To bring this back to something besides mysteries of LVO 2020. Mysteries. The year I won LVO in 2018, I made a choice to play Eldar because I was like, Eldar's busted, and that was back in like October. And I was like, I'm just gonna pick Eldar and I'm gonna grind it from October, November, December, January. Four months straight, just Eldar, 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 Eldar. I don't care if Nids come out. I don't care if Demons come out. Two of my favorite armies came out, and I was committed. And I stuck to it. And that really, I think, made a huge difference in my ability to win LVO that year because I was just so on point with that army. And the fact that pretty much all of the Art of War coaches right now, they're, they're pretty practiced with their armies, but no one is locked into anything, uh, even like you know emotionally, that I don't... I don't know if I like that because you got to be able to put those reps in to really know your army like that. True. I agree. It is a big deal. I'm, I'm such a big deal. That's one of the things in like when you go into the team concept forever, I'm almost always get whatever the team captain wanted me on, on uh, the ATC because everybody does that. As long as they give me a quick pick, I'll take whatever they want because I like to put in as many reps as possible leading up to the event and play multiple events. Uh, so I could get the most games in at a high level. So it's a big right. deal for me, especially to be playing something that, that that same something or a version of something for a long time to really get those reps in. It makes a big difference. Yeah. A lot of things look great on paper and then are not great on the table even though the math say that they should be good because movement, uh, you know, putting it on the table and all of a sudden seeing that's the biggest thing about testing, being able to test. You can test so much the house now is so crazy is a lot of this feel great 
but then you put the footprint on the table. You start to put them behind terrain and you go, oh, this is the footprint's so big, or I I don't have enough infantry keyword, or I don't have enough fly, or I can't get out of my own deployment zone, or I don't have enough things that can make it to the objectives, you know. And then you realize that, and you realize that by putting in in reps. That's just a real thing. Nick's disappearing in his green screen. I know Nick is disappearing. In this guy gets hit by a, like a blast of wind or so that his hair, his glasses all disheveled, his green screen's all jacked up. And there was a tornado here yesterday. No, oh, it's really cold now. There wasn't a tornado in Florida. That's a lie. <laughs> oh. All right, they called it a tornado. It really just got windy. Yeah, windy day, windy day in Florida. Got gotcha. you. Windy day in Florida. They're like tornado. You're like, no, it's not. <laughs> That's a, that's a dirty lie from us, Nick. That's a dirty lie. So in the past, y'all have, y'all have kind of like um, hive minded together and like made some lists. I mean, that's that's kind of been the LVO mo, you know. Like there's right. been. The, so is that happening in the this past? Year? We did the we did the Eldar thing. That was the year that I won with my extra shining spear over Chester's stupid dark reaper. There was all the, the difference. There was the Braviathan, of course, that the John and Siegs and, and that whole Braviathan Brohammer crew came up with uh, in 2020. 2019, yeah, 2020. And now I guess the, the big question is, what are we going to come up with, right? Like, who, what, what's the big boogeyman? But you know what? Honestly, everyone's kind of doing their own thing. Like, John's been repping the Tyranids. Mark's been repping the Orcs. Siegs has been crushing people with Admech and then switched to Thick City. Jester's been just playing craft worlds like an old man. And <laughs> Random. <laughs> I've been losing my mind. <laughs> He's been losing his mind. Like all of us have been in their own. And like I don't even play. This is the whole point of this podcast. So, like, is it is it Skinny we, City? Is that is that the Eldar Skinny City? That's, that's Skinny yeah. City. Yeah. I'm Skinny Look, City. I just did a three day paint of Harlequin Army challenge. I'm playing Harlequins at LVO. That's for sure. I just so, said are you playing over, LVO? I thought you said you weren't playing. I'm not playing LVO. I'm just I'm just reminiscing. But my point is like. We're actually not on track, and I'm not just saying this to throw everyone off our scent. We're really not coming up with with the super scary awesomeness just because I think, I think 40k is in a healthy spot right now. Like, it's also where I think it's where the meta is right now. Is there's a lot of counter. It's like, for instance, uh, I think one of the biggest things is when you're looking at is there one army that was winning really well, Thick City, before we went into the holidays and stuff. However, can you win with an army that 1,200 people all put a target on? You know what I mean? And it's not yeah. like that army so much more ridiculous than every other army is. It's just a really, really strong army. You know, if everybody's coming to beat that, that's a real thing. You know, what does I mean, the meta both, look like, though? What, is, what does the meta Leviathan look like? Both and in the, this double Spirian Aria I went with, they both won on the back of some broken mechanics. I was abusing Soulburst because that was a silly rule. And then 5 of Feeling Pain and Cogitated Martyrdom was just nonsense. In, that was in, the in, biggest nonsense of all time. So, you know... Right now, you could look from a, like, how do I break 40K perspective? Like, look at the game for potentially broken interactions. And this is where I say maybe GSC might open up something potentially new. But right now, there really aren't many broken interactions. The game's pretty straightforward. You know, you shoot your guns, the other guy dies. He punches you back, you die. You score points on objectives. That's what it's all about. It's about objectives and points and stuff. So no matter how ridiculously broken and combo-y stuff you are, that's not translating to a scoreboard. So that's really all that matters is how well you can chase that scoreboard. 100% on that. I agree so much. And the thing is, is that there there are tiers of, of armies right now, but I don't think there's anybody that's standing out so much more that the basically the top four or five armies can't all compete easily, in my opinion, to tell you the truth, especially with the missions we're going to be playing. And this house is so competitive. Like, if there was one army... 
that like you know like let's say Zeke's found the army kind of like thick city. John doesn't sleep, dude. He'll just he'll just stay up all night until he figures out what beats <laughs> it. That's the end of that. It'll last until John loses his mind. What is um what's beating thick city right now? What are you gonna see at LVO as like a kind of the large counter to it? I don't know if there's like one singular counter to it. Things though, but, like Templars have been rolling through them in practice. Black Templars have been wrecking up, things up here and down there, just laughably yeah. destroying them. What is I it mean, in, like in the in the Black Templar that's countering the Thick City? Overwhelming amount of the, for one, they're really durable. They're surprisingly durable and fast because they can get there pretty quick. But they're they're running the. They're really hard to kill eradicators with the heavy melter rifles, which are picking them up. But then they've also just got a billion rerollable attacks from yeah. these big crusader units and stuff like that. And you just win by default because you've got a giant obsec units that are putting down uh, a ton of damage uh, going into it. And then you've got you know heavy melter rifles just with full rerolls crushing into them. Yeah, I mean, so it, you're just, it's not just that. I mean, Mark's been able to beat Thick City repeatedly yeah. with his Oryx. John's been able to beat it repeatedly with his Tyranids. It's Thick City was really well timed in the meta when it came out for Austin. Seeks and I came up with that, and it was like beautiful into Hive Garden stuff. But it was like, it's not the be all end all of the game. It's just a stat line. You can just it, the there's there's line. just plays. We were talking about it today when I did my my whole road to LVO when I talked about I was doing the pros and cons list. And the thing is, is that we haven't had a lot of tournaments with it in there. There's just ways to play around it. The thing is, is that you can kill, if you kill all the racks, then they still have a hard time taking the board and scoring their mission. Yeah. It's just like, like Nick was talking, it's not oh, that fast. It's like yeah. very average paced bowling ball speed. Well, so you were saying before though, it's just, it's not about killing stuff. Cause at the end of the game, if there's 100% of the Talos left and zero of the racks and they don't have things to take the objectives with, it's not about how many models are killed. It's about how many points you scored. So it doesn't right. make any difference. You don't get a, a sticker for killing the most models. You get what the, what the score says underneath your name. That's more than your opponents. Great. I don't care if I don't have any models left. Right. And, that's um, I think that that's one of the questions that a lot of people have asked me going into LVO, I think is, you know, what's, what's, what are we going to see as kind of a weird counter meta? Cause we've had this big, like two to three week break with no events because of the holidays. So we really haven't seen a lot of stuff that's countering what came out before that. There's like, a reason seen, I painted a Harlequin army in three days, Blake, and that <laughs> is here. It is real. Shabar you know what's going to get a good counter to Thick City? Skyweavers, Haywire. <laughs> <laughs> no, and none of those are vehicles. <laughs> it's all monsters. Believe in your heart, Chester. <laughs> Believe in Cardinal. <laughs> You're like, I shoot my Haywire at you. You're like, okay. <laughs> you wound on sixes? Uh, <laughs> like, thanks. Very colorful. It's it was like a laser light show he threw over here. But uh, I'm gonna keep going now. I don't really know why you did that. Yeah. <laughs> I I had a question and you broke my mind with that comment. <laughs> <laughs> this is the tactics. <laughs> uh, yeah, this episode's uh, over, man. We're just we're toast now. You've we broken are, us. But- I broke you on Art of War. I'm broken. We did it. I am. I breakable. I broke it. The show's over, everyone. We made it 33 episodes. It's been a good run. Thank you for That's listening. The whole point is you get back up again. I get knocked out. This show started <laughs> with me, Brad, and Blake, and now it's ending with me, Brad, and Blake. It, oh, we first. were the first episode. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's amazing. Let's end it. Let's just end it. This, this is over. Sorry, guys. This is too perfect. Well, I do have to go with the boy king and the and the kiwis. So. Well, what um 
Okay, I want us all to make a prediction. I want I want player predictions. Who do you think is winning LVO? Brad, I want to start with you because I want you to choose yourself. Thousand percent choosing myself. I think I'm going to win first and second place. I'm going to dominate LVO so much. What are you taking, Brad? Can you tell? It, I have absolutely. I don't know. I, it's not you like can I find out in the road to LVO series, yeah, which is live exactly. and unfulfilling every day. Eleven o'clock every day. Uh, I I so don't know what I'm bringing. I can't tell you because I'm not hiding it. I have absolutely no idea. I want you to take Craft World so bad. That's what I want you to take. There's a very, very good chance I will try to fit Craft World in because I feel that the Craft World Eldar fans deserve the champion they need. It's the hero they need and the hero they deserve. So I want to talk. I want to. I want. I want the winner, and I want who you who you beat to on the road. Are you saying you're beating yourself? Uh, if I was going to predict right now, uh, I need to beat Siegs in a final. He's been my nemesis for a while, so I have to beat him. Mine too, Brad. Mine too. Although I got him at ACL. Thanks for that. I feel like that's a safe pick to say you play Siegler in the finals. So if you're going to pick yourself, I think playing Siegler in the finals is a good is a good pick on there. I like that. Nick, who you got? Who's your finals? I, I'm going to dark horse this one. I'm going to say Mark wins LVO. I actually that. like... I, you know why I like that pick? Because I think that Orcs, and I said this other day, and I, said, I was talking with Adam... Uh, in Meta Monday, and I said I think that orcs are one of my underrated factions right now. I think that people aren't testing against them, uh, and especially against like Mark's list. And I don't think enough people are giving it enough respect, and they're not going to know what the list does. So I think he's going to win some high level matches on pure people aren't experienced against I mean, it. He, he <clears throat> made Sean look like a chump in the middle of the New Orleans <laughs> finals. So yeah, people are sleeping on the orcs. Talk about Mork, Mork Pori, Mr. Mork Pori, Mork, Mork Pori, Mork and Gork Pori. <laughs> Who's he beating in the in the in the championship, Nick? He's beating John. John's got his number all season. Mark needs to get him some payback. I'm taking. I could be, I could be done with that. <laughs> I'm taking the easy the easy pick here. I'm going to go with the championship. Mr. John Lennon is playing versus Mr. Brad Chester. I think it's a Brad John championship. And I'm it's going Brad. Too, I'm going unbroken. I'm going Brad. I'm going to go all the way. You're going to represent. Art of War and Unbroken, and you're gonna win it. I can't be stopped. Can't be stopped. I've already put it in. I've I put the trophy. It says my name on it already in my house. Hey, you can't you can't kill that which's already dead. So I feel like um, exactly. Yeah. I, no one knows where my phylactery is. I'm a lich. I'm a dead for life. Unlife that is. I really hope you recorded today, man. I didn't check it. This is a new recording system. So if you didn't record again, if your if your spirit is haunting us again, I swear I'm going to lose my mind. So give us give us our outro, friends. We will talk on another day. Thanks for listening, y'all. Thanks for joining us, Nick. This is not the last episode. Join us next week for episode 34. We will be back to standard format. So make sure to check out all our other content at theartofwar40k.com. Check out the War Room. Check out our other podcasts. We have the Art of War Vanilla Kiwi with. Mr. Steve Joel and the boy King John Lennon. We have the patriotic American Art of War Down Under with the late and the great Adam Camilleri. We, of course, the Art of War Pistachio. Didn't know you loved this till you tried us. Thanks for listening. Join us again next week. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War and the Art of War Down Under podcast on the competitive 40K network. The Art of War 40K.com. <laughs>